0: Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Hadn't the Lord just been real good? I bless his name. Lord, we thank you for Calvary tonight, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the Holy Ghost sent from heaven. Thank you for the love of God. Lord, shed it abroad in our hearts this week by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Just pass our knowledge. Let us know the love of Christ. Lord, we'll love you and thank you for your blessings. And all the Lord's people say it. Amen. Amen. What a joy. To be in the, is it Flint Hills? The Flint Hills Baptist Camp Meeting. I bless the Lord. I want to say I thank the Lord for Brother Henderson and for his family. Amen. They qualify as old friends now. We go back to the 90s and uh, we go back to our skinny days in the 90s. <laughs> We're ashamed of that. We've got our bodies now to where we're happy with them. <clears throat> and I appreciate Brother Henderson and his family. I appreciate their great dedication to God. and It's just amazing. I don't know if y'all know how amazing this church is. And i tell you something else, I think. I think if you got another building, whatever size you built it, I think it'd fill up. This is full. You think about everywhere the Lord's put you, he's filled it. And I I hadn't talked to him. I have no idea if if he even has any plans or if y'all have plans. uh, You may stay here for it. But this is full. I believe if you did something else, it'd be full. And I bless the Lord for it. Ain't the Lord just been good to us? Good to see Brother Davis and this bunch come in here, going from Carolina to California. Hey, that's weird, man. <laughs> it is North Carolina, isn't it, originally? And I don't know what they're going to do with that Carolina accent in California. I found California in the Bible, in the Song of Solomon. He said, I went down to the... I'm driving, my rental out here has got California tags on it, so I'm going to act like it this way. He said, I went, whatever, that. I went down in the Valley of Nuts to see the fruits of the land. That's King James, that's a quote, found it in the Bible, there's your verse. I love this missionary family, and uh, we're anxious for you to get out there, and we all going to come see you. We're going to come help you. And uh yes, sir, well, that's, kind of <laughs> that's pretty good. he got me right there i like I like being gotten occasionally. That's a blessing. I want y'all to pray for the camp meeting, the Lord to help us the Lord to breathe on us. I'm praying that God will breathe fire on this Amen. church. I don't say that lightly or sensationally. That's really my prayer. That's what he put in my heart back there this morning. That God would breathe fire. Baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fire. And these dispensational boys tried to divide that. Said the Holy Ghost for the church fires for the tribulation. Uh Uh-oh. That's because they're scared of it. Help me right there. That actually don't fit doctrinally. How's the same bunch going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with tribulation judgment? Hello. And I know out here, and I don't even want to bring up this, so I won't, but they talk a lot about a lot of things out here on the other side of the Mississippi. And one thing they don't like to talk about is that verse said, Jesus shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And they say, Acts 2, and cut it off. Never happened again. Well, it never happened to them. (laughs) Yeah, they're telling it right, but they're telling on themselves. And he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. The charismatics perverted all that in the 1900s and got bat- and then Baptists are alien, foreign to it. But brother I'm praying that God breathes fire on this church this week, and that this church would be a flame. And if you did, it would be with the love of God, and that's not a flaky love. That's a powerful love. Are y'all uh, go to Second Timothy? One night I may hit a lick at this. <clears throat> that Holy Spirit confuses religious people. Yes, sir. I need a little help right there. Yep. Come on, and I got three passages for that. Don't talk, y'all go to 2 Timothy. And then I'll just kind of talk to myself while, I'm up, while y'all are looking for that. But in Luke 15, that elder brother, he was concerned. And he asked, I'm going to quote, what these things meant. Yep. When he got close to the house, and the Bible said he heard music and dancing. Yeah. Yep. Honey, when they come up in here, they ought not hear a funeral service. They ought to see God's people having a celebration. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now, some of you hang around the Bible cause more than you have the Holy Ghost, and that makes you nervous. Yeah. Well, you make me nervous. <laughs> so don't get around. I get nervous. I twitch and hit people with two befores and stuff with just a little odd reactions. But uh, uh, that elder brother, is a picture of the Pharisee, and and he came to the house, and he said he heard music and dancing. And I don't like to get around these boys who've been brainwashed by some of the formal Baptists who told them that any music that makes you feel good or feel God is dangerous. Y'all help me now. It's Sunday night. Very interesting to me, Brother Henderson, that the men who hollered for 70 years, be careful. Be careful for them camp meeting boys. Be careful for them shouters. They're borderline Pentecostal. It's interesting not, you can't find two old-timey shouting Holy Ghost men who went contemporary. But you can find a pile of them, honey. You almost can't find any from that crowd who was worried about going charismatic. They've all went contemporary, which is charismatic it'll be charismatic in about three minutes and start leaning that way help me right there that's interesting isn't it so who knew the Holy Ghost and who didn't that elder brother didn't understand what these things meant and then John 3 don't turn there but Nicodemus was a ruler of the Jews and a, and a Pharisee of the Pharisees and he said, now we know, but he didn't, when Jesus started talking about the work of the Spirit. Yep. Yep. You're right. By the way, five seconds right here. You holler amen. Don't disappoint me. I'll preach another hour just for personal therapy. So I need a little help right here. <laughs> Before Jesus could talk about the work of the Savior in John 3, yeah. he had to talk about the work of the Spirit. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. Hey, that many red letter words talking about the Spirit. Amen. Born of the Spirit, the wind. Help me now. And then, get on down, down in the middle of John 3, 14, 15, 16, and he talked about, as Moses lifted up the serpent, the work of the Spirit had to come before the work of the Savior. And Nicodemus said, how can these things be? Y'all ain't helping me. Third place is in Acts chapter 2. You got Luke 15, John 3, and Acts 2. And that was the most religious people in the world. They had all made a pilgrimage to Jerusalem to worship on the Feast of Pentecost. And when the Holy Ghost fell and that rushing mighty wind from heaven, they asked what these things meant. That's right. yeah. They did not understand it. And I'm praying God breathes on this place, confuse half of you. <laughs> Amen. And fill us with the Holy Ghost. Amen. My, my. Well, I'm in Second Timothy chapter 1. And verse 12. We trust the Lord to help us tonight. I'm going to fall in line sort of what I was preaching this morning. There at Ephesians 1, the before and the after. And I'll talk about that a little bit tonight. When did Abraham get saved? I'd love to ask him, wouldn't you? 2 Timothy 1. And let's read verse 12. For the which calls... I also suffer these things. Five seconds right here. I don't want to get saturated. Suffering is the blessing of the church age. If prosperity was the blessing of the Old Testament, suffering is the blessing of the New Testament. It's a physical kingdom, spiritual kingdom. You study that out yourself. And, And when God called this apostle to the Gentiles, that church age apostle, he showed him in Acts nine how, how great things he must suffer. Well, one twelve for the which cause I also suffer these things. What cause? I was trying to skip verse eleven. I ain't gonna be able to do it. He was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, and because of that, he had to suffer these things. And if you get hooked up with Christ in the church age, you got some suffering coming your way. But you'll learn to glory in your infirmities. And you'll say, the things that my, the spiritual things that my suffering's bringing me has caused me to glory in my infirmities. 2 Corinthians 12. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. Now let's read this next line. For I know when I have believed. I got any Bible readers in here? I'm sorry, that was my NIV. Let me get my other version out here, Parallel something. For I, know, he said, for I know where I have believed. No, that's my ESV. Sorry, that's my contemporary colors showing. You know what he said? For I know whom y'all got to help me now. I have believed. What is our beautiful verse this morning, Ephesians 2, 13, but now in Christ Jesus. Woo! For I know whom I have believed. Let me tell you something, Christ is your salvation and your salvation is Christ. Amen. Some of you, now we're back to before and after. Some of you know exactly when and where you got saved and some of you are pretty clueless about it. But he didn't say, for I know when I have believed. Y'all ain't helping me. And he didn't say, for I know where I have believed. He said, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. When did Abraham get saved? I wonder when Abraham got saved. I got five possibilities. I'm going to run by. Y'all ready? This sermon ain't long. It's just sometimes y'all make it longer and it's y'all, that all my sermons are little old things but they like add water. And I don't know. I have a wife, Jennifer, and she has a place and a day and ain't never doubted it. I have a sister, many of y'all know Alicia, and she, like many church kids, had several days, possibly, and several places. Yeah, you're right. Richard. Help me now. Oh yes. This seems to be related to the before and after. My wife was raised, now she had some godly grandparents, but never was around them on one side, Plymouth Brethren. That may have been more religion than God. may have been the problem to begin with. I'll tell you something about Amish and Mennonite and Plymouth Brethren and Puritans and all that stuff. It's a bunch of religious bondage. Help me right there. It's a, it's a fearful and a, tor- a tortured way to live. It's a tormented way to live. Well, my wife was raised, well, just yanked up by the hair of her head, not really raised. There ain't no love in a house that ain't got God. There's some alcoholics in the house. If she is here, I wouldn't even talk about it. It'd embarrass her. It's private. It's painful. Any of y'all raised up in some of that? A cursing, blaspheming daddy, that alcoholic. God brought her to my little church. I was 21. Started pastoring while I was still in Bob Gray's Bible College. And God called me to a little church. And I wasn't married until I married my wife. That's <laughs> very, sometimes I say profound things. It amazes even me. And God brought her there and I knew she was the one. And the first time I went over to her house in the shadow of the prison and uh, her daddy was a death row guard. First words I ever heard out of his mouth, Brother Steve. Knocked on that screen door. I can see it now. That Spanish moss hanging off that live oak and out in the swamp. You can see the prison. A lot of demons. Knocked on that door and Jennifer just been saved. I was courting her and me and her went over there, knocked on that door and I I can't even tell you what he said. I couldn't even tell you out in the churchyard. He didn't know who he was. It bothered him, somebody banged on the door and he cursed, hollered out, blasphemed the name of the Lord. That's the first words I heard out of his mouth was blaspheming the Lord's name. And he hated me, he did until he loved me. (laughs) He got saved. That's a whole nother story. When he got saved, it's funny. He started going, he joined three churches. He got, I wasn't going to tell you the story, but it's a great story. A series of events. He ended up back up in Virginia. God brought him to the bottom and broke him to pieces. And uh, when he got saved, he went to church with his mama to the Plymouth Brethren, went to church. With his new wife, they buried their mother. And she was Church of God. And he went to church with his brother, who was an independent fundamental Baptist. (laughs) He bought three suits, went to three churches, had one Bible, and loved all of it. I was just like, okay, this is better than cussing, so just go for it. He was speaking in tongues, dressing right, going soul winning, and observing strange Plymouth Brethren rules. He didn't believe none of them. He's just happy he was saved. And so there, my little wife and she'll never forget that she lived in darkness and then one day she saw a city set on a hill and walked to the... She came to church four Sunday mornings and on the fifth Sunday she came back that night and had an old preacher come by with his family and let Nancy sing, his, the daughter. And she is singing half love song, half church song. Don't you love those? I want us to be together in heaven. It's half love song, half church song. You can pull that off occasionally. (laughs) Sanctify. I want us to be together in heaven. I want to walk down the streets of gold. I want to run through the fields of green clover. Turns out there's clover in heaven. See the flowers, smell the flowers. Something, it's all ours. I want us to be together in heaven. I thought it was very cool, God, saved save my wife in a love song slash church song. She was sitting on the back and for four Sundays she'd sat in the back corner and on the fifth Sunday came that night and sat up in the middle and on the side and she went to bobbin like a old red and white bob when you do catfishing. Her little head went to bobbin up and down. She got to weeping. Janet Norman said something to her. Here they come. Hit the altar and got saved in a love song church song. <laughs> I want us to be together in heaven. I mean that works you know by the lake or in the house of God. Either one. That works. Well, she ain't never doubted. She, she she come out of a dark place and then the light was on and it ain't never been dark since. Help me right there. She wonders why y'all doubt. It don't make sense to her. She got saved. Well, then my sister on the other hand, officer, here's a before and here's an after. Raised in church. Can't remember not being on an altar. Right. Try that one on. on. Singing Amazing Grace before grace was amazing. Yeah. Able to teach Sunday school and don't have Jesus in your heart. Yeah. Come on, help me now. And then you go to the altar when you're five. Yeah. Come on, church kids of all ages. And then you and then you go back when you're nine cause there's such conviction on that revival and you think you're under conviction. You are. You're under that conviction presence, but it wasn't you under conviction. Yeah. Unless it was. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then at thirteen, adolescence. And you ain't just confused about your salvation, you're confused about your life. <laughs> Help me now. 'Cause having to cover your skin with oil because it's gonna double that year and you got pimples everywhere and you don't know if you're a kid or an adult. Help me now. You're a cadult. <laughs> <laughs> and then your old sin nature starts coming out and you say, Well my goodness, am I even saved? And you try to get saved again and you further confuse yourself. Help me right there. Yeah. Come on, I need I need the church kids from all of all ages. I have preached along these lines, pastor and people 60 years of age, still wrestling with it. And it's all in that one thing. They're trying to remember what they prayed. They're trying to get nailed down a when or a where. Junk all of it. I know whom I have. All right. My sister Lisa was at Pensacola around age 21. And she got out there in the hallway and she got it saved or settled. And she don't care which one, she got it settled that night. And then she had never doubted since. But doubted for two decades. All right, can I get a witness in here? This is the nature of the two different, the before and the after. So I want to ask y'all this when did Abraham get saved? Here's my five possibilities. I'm going to see if I can sell you on one of them. How about chapter 12, Genesis? How about chapter 12? When the Lord called him out of the world and he got up and left and built an altar. That sounded like getting saved. I'm for that. All right? Or it could have been at the end of chapter 14 where he'd come out of a great battle and he met the king priest of Salem. Well, now, here we go. Now, this might be a good place. You know, when you meet Jesus, that might be the place where you get saved. And, 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 he, and he rejected the king of Sodom and the king of Salem before it had a Jeru on it. Melchizedek come out and he brought bread and wine. That'd be a good... Whoo, I felt a little happy bubble right there. The body and blood of Christ, the king and the priest, y'all ain't helping me. And that's where he met him and he rejected Sodom and he took Salem. I mean, I, I'm. Chapter 12 is pretty convincing. Until you get to chapter 14, wow, yeah, that, okay, he met the Lord and had the body and blood of Christ. But then chapter 15 carries a strong case. Chapter 15 is where he believed the Lord. The Lord come by and said, I'm going to give you a child. Well, that's Christ. Galatians said he's talking, of that seed was Christ, the meaning far more than it ever meant Isaac. And in chapter 15, he said, how can I know of a surety? And the Lord said, you bring out these five sacrifices, bloody sacrifice, and the Lord made a covenant, put Abram in a dark sleep. Help me right there. A smoking furnace and a burning lamp passed between those pieces. That's the Father, the Spirit passing between and that's the Lord Jesus and the Bible says in that day the Lord made a covenant with him. Well that, okay, that's where he got saved. The day the Lord made a covenant with him. A blood covenant. Well I'm for that one. Unless it's chapter 17 y'all ain't helping me. By the way, when I get done with these five, I'm done with my sermon. I brought nothing else with me. (laughs) How about chapter 17? When Ishmael gets cast out, Isaac is born. There's Christ being born and the Lord puts the circumcision on him. He cuts the flesh aside and by the way, chapter 17, whoop, watch this. Abram fell on his face and became (laughs) Abraham. Am fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, their version of the H. It's the grace of God. So I now I believe in cha- I believe in every one of these every time I preach them. Now I'm in chapter seventeen. God changed His name and breathed grace into Him, and when Isaac was born, hello. I'd say that's a one. I'm for all of these. Chapter 12, what if the Lord come by and called you out of the world and you got up and went with him? That sounds like getting saved. But chapter 14 sounds really good when you meet the king, the priest, and you enter into the body and blood and you take it in. Help me right there. Until you get to chapter 15 where there's a covenant, the Lord makes it with the blood of Christ. Help me now. I'm trying to confuse you on when he got saved. (laughs) Because I don't know. All right, chapter 17, Isaac gets born. There's actually Christ being born. And grace being breathed into him. And he's a new man after that. So chapter 17, any of these will work. Until you get to chapter 22, best one of all. He goes up on Mount Calvary and there's a picture of the cross. Y'all ain't helping me. I gave you a little leeway to explain them other ones, but everybody knows what happened in Genesis 22 yeah. if you've been around church. That's the first beautiful picture of Calvary yeah. in the Old Testament. A broken hearted father offers up his submissive son for a burnt offering on top of a mountain, but there's yeah. a lamb that yeah. takes his place. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Woo! That's probably where Galatians said the gospel was preached to Abraham. Yeah. I'm for the other four until you get me on top of that mountain and there's a son and a lamb taking my place. Help me right there. Where did he get saved? They all work. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you when and where Abraham got saved. Quit smiling. Y'all are are running ahead of me. (laughs) I'm going to tell you when and where he got saved. Abraham got saved in Genesis (laughs) Glad I could clear that up for (laughs) y'all. I guess we'll have to ask him when we get to heaven. Who gives a rip? Abraham saved. It could fit anywhere. Romans chapter 4 said he's the father of the Jews, said he's the father of the saved Gentiles, and said he's the father of many nations. That's pretty interesting, Romans 4. Romans 4, verse 1 or 2. I think it's verse 1. He's the father of the circumcision, father of the Jews. Then you get down there around verse 17 and 18, 19, 20, and bringing in all God graphing in all them saved Gentiles, and he said, Abraham, he's the father of us all. The Lord started it with Abraham. Help me now. And then you get over there three verses later in Romans 4. You study Romans 4 when you go to the house. And said, He's the father of many nations. So I don't know what all happened but I know God saved Abraham. (laughs) Woo! Mm. Y'all remember when the Lord came and called you out of the world and you went with him? (laughs) Do y'all remember meeting Jesus, the priest and the king, and he served you the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, help me now. And you rejected Sodom. Mm. How about chapter 15? Know of a surety. Turn there. We need to look at some Bibles. We need to act spiritual in this sermon. At least look at one verse. Genesis 15. What verse is it in the middle of that? How can I know of a surety? Mm. Was he saved or was he struggling with assurance? Genesis 15, it's verse 13, hmm, wondering was he saved or was he struggling, Genesis 15, verse 6, he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness, hmm, pretty strong case right here. Verse 8, he said, Whereby shall I know? <laughs> what about that? In verse 13, he wanted to know of a surety. God mentioned that surety. In verse 18, the Lord made a covenant. Mm, that surety, that's legal binding business right there. That's when God swore a covenant to him, not just spoke it to him swore it to him in blood what I'm just wanting to know is are you saved (laughs) when did Abraham get saved I don't know I'm going to say in Genesis Nicodemus came to Jesus in chapter 3 but he came to Calvary In chapter 19 of John. He came with questions in chapter 3. He came with offerings and sacrifices in chapter 19. He came to Christ trying to figure out who he was in chapter 3. And then he came to Calvary in chapter 19 because he knew who he was. Sometimes it takes 16 chapters to work it out. In Abraham's case, that'd be 10 chapters. Chapter 12 to chapter 22 is what we've looked at. Sometimes it takes 10 chapters. I don't think he was trusting a where or trusting a when. He was trusting whom. And I want to say this, and I'm closing. You'll get the to rest tonight. This would be enough to chew on. I want to say this to you. Many of you have it before. Ephesians one four, He hath chosen us before. Some of you got Ephesians one thirteen. After you heard, after you believed, after you trusted, and sometimes hearing, believing, and trusting is not real simple. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. And some of you standing there with my wife, and you say, Yeah. I was going to hell. I was about to drop off into it. And then the Lord came. (laughs) Mm. And some of you over there with my sister. Jesus in your house before he was ever in your heart. Bible coming out of your mouth before it ever was in your heart. Parents, be very careful that you do not create religion in your children. And you be very careful that you allow... God to create a relationship. Amen. Be careful. Amen. And you know you're supposed to go. You know you're supposed to train up your children in the way they should go. But Jesus said, I am the way. Right. You put them in the way, but until God puts the way in them, you got, you got to be real careful <laughs> balancing that. Y'all help me right there. mm. Something hit me last week while I was preaching. People who have an after, they're over here with my sister and 10 million other church kids who had several professions of faith and they meant every one of them. They struggle with doubt. But you know, I've never seen this crowd struggle with doubt. You know what they struggle with? They struggle with devils. Because of because of where they come from, help me now. And and and, and I heard a woman testify, Brother Hinton, listen, this is precious. She's in this group over here, and she said it dawned on me, woo, that my salvation is the only thing he has to attack me on. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there ain't nothing else. He said, thank God. That's all he's got to mess with my head because that's all I have is salvation. Help me now. Amen. You get somebody, Ray, coming from drunkards and coming from dope heads and coming, well, honey, the things they wrestle with are the devils back there that want to come and pester them. Yeah. You're right. Bro. You're right. Mm. Oh, them strong devils ain't glad to see that you go. I married my little bride and I have watched the devil attack her son, them strong devils from that old world. In her case, it wasn't a temptation to go into sin. She never got into those sins. God spared her. She lived in the middle of it and God wouldn't let none of it get her. Can I get a witness right there? And, uh, but I'm talking about not in her wanting to go back to that but in old devils being mad that that they lost her and coming out of that to attack her and some of you right here can stand up and tell this a lot better than I can because I live over here I'm going to go a step further and be real honest I've never wrestled with the authenticity of my salvation only because my call to preach was so powerful. That ain't spiritual, but that's honest. The only reason I've never wrestled with the doubt in my salvation is because at age thirteen, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. Such a it bowled me, it knocked me over, and I ain't got up yet. That's thirty-four years ago. I'm still staggering, and that's the truth. What He done to me that night is still being played out right in front of you tonight. <laughs> There's so much power in that night. It's propelled me forward 34 years later as I'm still, I'm still being propelled, constrained as Paul would say. And that's just being honest. My call to preach is so powerful. I never wrestled with my salvation. But I said, you sure you say it? Well, I know God called me to preach. <laughs> so I must be. <laughs> Y'all don't tell people I said that. Scratch that. Where's uh but man when I need him old pink tie he's moved to the pew I don't know what's happening (laughs) Huh? I tell you something else I came to the Lord when I was nine or I could have been eight I could have been ten because I really have no idea what year it was well I have a little idea because of where we lived and I kind of remember I could have been eight nine or ten a man preached on hell I was scared Brother Davis, I'm not even sure I was under conviction. I was under fear. And oftentimes, sometimes those are two different things. But I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't really have any thoughts about my sin or my Savior. I just didn't want to go to hell. And I'd heard a lot about hell, but I tore up that night. And that old man preached Old white haired preacher, some old mountain preacher that daddy got. And our baptistry was real tall, had a light up in the corner where I was sitting. This old white haired preacher, he didn't believe in long hair, but he had a bunch of it. They just them old men used to could fix it, you know. That Vitalis oil, there's waves coming, waves going, there's a tide either direction. They had waves coming up the side, and waves pouring out, and waves coming in. It's like rip currents everywhere. <laughs> but them old men, they, they were classy, that World War II generation. They could fix that hair. Our generation's lazy. Zzz, 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 zzz. Oh, you military men. <laughs> he got the preacher and that hair got loose. It's like a tidal wave that was originally coming in. Started going out. <laughs> that hair started going, and he was a hacker, as so a wind sucker. That meant about every three words. <laughs> you ask old Carolina about old Carolina California. You're gonna have very. You're gonna have mixed identities, brother Davis. I'm praying for you, old Carolina. You ask old Carolina fornia there. Them old. There's a lot of them. Oh, hacking preachers up in the mountains! Ah, and about every three words, ah, and I get a vision like that, ah, and you don't even know what—you have no idea what they're saying—but you know exactly what they mean. What <laughs> all that meant was, get right, Jesus loves you, Calvary's wonderful, hell's hot. You didn't understand nothing, but you believed everything the Bible said. <laughs> he got to preach, That ah, the big way, and yeah, got to go. Ah, I can't. And and where I was as a kid, that light was coming right behind him. And when that hair of his was, it started looking like an electrical storm on his head. I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want that man to zap me. They give an altar call. I mean I was a church kid, we didn't go nowhere but to the house and to the altar. The <laughs> church kids go anywhere else. We go to the fellowship hall and sometimes we go out in the churchyard. And that's where we get all of our spankings out there. We have to go out there. Everything we ever do, wicked and wrong before the world, was in the churchyard. Did you say that? Now you did you throw that rock? You know that's where we, our spankings come from, the churchyard. I just walked right up, went past the altar, went right up to daddy's seat. He is the pastor. I I said, that's something to him. Got under, I have no idea. I'm going to tell you what God knew. God knew a little boy came to him. Now, four years later, or five, or three, or six, several years later, I was 13. I was 13 after I was nine. (laughs) I'm keeping my story straight. Profundity. When I was 13, I was sitting right back here in a summer camp. Holy Ghost said, go to the altar. And I wasn't crying, and I wasn't, I was thinking about a yellow mustard hot dog because after the, service was going to have hot dogs with, and with yellow mustard how else would you have a hot dog you ain't supposed to do much else to it except chili cheese coleslaw onion relish sweet relish and pickles other than that yellow mustard is all that you is that right Petey that's right I ain't asking no skinny people nothing they don't know about. That, ain't they? You better not eat them ribs today because you're just going to run them off. You know, that's all you're going to do. Wasting, wasting the ribs. Be out there jogging. I was sitting there thinking about a hot dog. Holy Ghost. And it wasn't strong and I wasn't convicted. It was just go to the altar. I went to the altar. Over there and knelt down. And I remember praying, Lord, I don't have anything to pray about. Church kids are honest sometimes. <laughs> that, I'm serious. I remember that was my prayer. Lord, I don't have anything to pray about, but you said come down here. And then my thoughts were, and that hot dog's is going to be good <laughs> with yellow mustard. Mm. And he said, I want you to be a preacher. Okay, I was thinking about being a fireman that's what I said but okay and that was that I was like, boy that hot dog's going to be good <laughs> that's exactly how it happened and I stood up and the old man of God Brother Roy Gentry he was standing there in 1966 when he flagged my old daddy out of hell and this is 2016 he's still pastoring that church been there 52 years and he said, boys, stay around there. don't go back to your seats. Just stay around here. So I stood up. I was 13. I was all legs. My legs have shrunk two feet since I've, my trunk began to develop quite well. My legs actually come up to here. It's just my belly's hanging over. I was 13. I was all legs I had the legs of a gazelle and an NBA player, and the chest of a five year old, and the head of an 18 year old. Adolescence is very strange. So I stand there, a freak of nature, a 13 year old, these legs, two steps, be in the next county. A head, you come into a storage area, great storage, and then a five year old chest. I was like, the old man of God Tell me that, boys! I was standing there, needing a hot dog so my trunk could develop. <laughs> and we stood there, and there's probably a 100 of us from one side to the other. 36 people got saved that night, seven called to preach. And the service didn't stop till 2 a.m. It is 9 o'clock, and we're standing there. An old man of God, there's about four boys. He said, uh, "Big old boy in the end." I don't ever forget his name, but I forget it. Great old big boy. And I'm not being funny right here. I'm not being funny. He actually died later. He had a thyroid. He was about 500 pounds, and he died a few years later. And, his, and, and I'm not being funny. His arm stuck straight out. And he couldn't hardly walk with his legs. And I'll never forget the Holy Ghost. The preacher started that in, and went everybody down through there. What'd you do tonight? An old Rough Mountain preacher. No old big boy on the end. He started with him. What'd you do tonight, son? And I never will forget, just in my memory, he tried to turn around. And there were big tears. And he said, preacher, and he come from a rough family. He said, God save me tonight. <laughs> and when them, them tears come down his cheek, the Holy Ghost breathed in me. That's how it happened. And by the time he got to me, damn, I got a cassette tape of it from 1982. Got it in my safe. They took three tapes, and they finally quit taping. It was on the front row with one of them black things. I got a recording of it in my safe. The old man had God, Dane! He hollered it twice. Dane, what are you going to do, boy? I said, I think I'm going to be a preacher. Yeah! You're going to preach, Dean. Uh-huh! And he went to the next guy. And somewhere in the next little bit, we all just fell back in a huddle and prayed. And then I don't know the rest of the night the power of God. And it seemed like 10 minutes, but it's 2 a.m., we settled down. It's a strong at night. A bunch of us run to the highway, midnight, flagging cars down, preaching. And there was so much God that these cars pulled over and was respectful. Can you believe that? I mean, you get a bunch of boys running out of the woods. You you run over them or shoot them, or, or <laughs> that's your first options, or drive away. <laughs> drive. For us. Right, right. There was so much God. Somehow they knew what was happening, and they pulled over, and was shouting and preaching, and they were backing us up. I, I don't know if a car or two may have kept going. Everybody's pulling over, and having church with us. All right, here's my point. Ask me when I got saved. When I was nine or when I was thirteen. It felt like I got saved when I was 13. But my Bible tells me that when I came to Him, no matter what it was, I came to Him. I wasn't playing. I wasn't chewing gum. I wasn't following, you know, and I had went to the altar many times never trying to get saved just because it's easier to go to the altar and stir your blood and go back when you're four, you know. And you go to our old-fashioned churches and they let the little kids go to the altar. I'd been to the altar, but I'd never, I'd never went to the Lord. I went to the Lord. But I remember going out in the parking lot after that when I was nine or eight or ten and going out in the parking lot and being embarrassed and throwing rocks over the trees and stuff. So I don't know. I don't know what the Bible says and I heard old Joe Parsons say this said a fat little boy if he wasn't saved he was safe <laughs> he'd come to the Lord and there wasn't no way the Lord was going to let a nine year old go to hell who had tried to come to the Lord Amen. now I'm standing here 47 and I'm going to tell you something I, don't, I, I, I have absolutely no concern which, which it was Because I ain't a trust in a when. I'm not a trust in a where. I ain't trusting the fear or the tears. I ain't trusting even the powerful service that rocked my world that night. I I, I said I ain't trusting that service. How good it was. And I'm not going to not trust the little boy and whatever that was. Help me now. It got nothing to do with tears, prayer, fears, fire, 2 a.m., or a parking lot in Barrett, none of it. You believe God? If you come to him, he'll take you? And you need to quit trying to figure out when or where and and, and quote the Bible, I know whom. I have believed. My wife, Jennifer, does not need to trust that church, that night, her prayer. Her trust is in the Lord. My sister does not need to trust all of the things and everything and whatever the thing. It's just trusting Jesus. I know whom I have believed. Does that make sense? Amen. My, my, my. There's five possible places Abraham could have got saved. And there wasn't nobody like getting saved. God started it with him. He didn't have no pattern to go on. Oh, there were saved people around. There were saints around. There was a godly line and it was slim. Many of you try to work out your salvation. And the Bible says, work it out with fear and trembling. But you know, you can't work something out that He hadn't already worked in. Amen. 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 And do you know the devil never tells, he never gets a lost person confused about their salvation? Never. You know what he tells lost people? You're saved. You know what the devil tells saved people? You're lost. You know what I tell the devil? Go home. <laughs> See me outside and I'll give you the raw version. Just go home. <laughs> Amen. Let's bow our heads. Let's all stand.